Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Stock Talk. This is a little podcast that I've been putting together over the last while where I like to talk about all things investing, where I get to share with you some of my thoughts, some of my takes, and other people's takes about what's going on in this whole investing world. The goal here is for you to hopefully take some nuggets of information, some perspectives, some insights about stocks and investing and bring them back to your own personal investing situation. Goal here is hopefully ultimately to help you make more informed and uh, successful investment decisions. My name is Amin Reina and I'm an investment coach and founder of Sage Investors. And what I do as an investment coach is I work with people, I help people who want to become more financially independent. Now put your hands up, raise your hands up out there. Uh, if you are interested in becoming more financially independent. Chances are there's quite a few of you. The problem that we all have in our journey to financial independence, uh, and especially as it pertains to investing, is when people start getting into investing, they often go into it or come out of it feeling confused or frustrated or intimidated by the whole process. Uh, I work with people who know nothing about investing, but don't want to know where to start. Uh, and I've worked with people who've been investing for long, long periods of time, but just are really frustrated because they're just not getting any traction with their portfolios. And so what I do as an investment coach is I teach people, I engage with them on how to make more educated and ultimately more successful investment decisions so they can kind of improve your odds of achieving that little financial independence thing and, and, and achieve it with a bit of confidence. So today is decision day. This is, this is uh, for regular listeners of Stock Talk. You'll know that I like to jump on here um, periodically and share with you my own personal investment decisions. It's not so much about giving you stock tips. It's more about sharing with you my thought processes that led me to make those decisions. Because a lot of times people, you know, a lot of people want to go to the end result. Okay, what did you buy? And then go out and buy the same thing or sell the same thing. Um, Investing is a process. It's, it's a framework. It's a thought process that you have to go through, and it's an iterative process. You do the same things over and over again um, when you're making an investment decision. And so what I want to share with you as somebody here who teaches people how to make investment decisions, um, I feel it's really strong for me to not just to kind of walk the talk. Uh, it's one thing for me to teach this stuff. It's another thing to model the behavior of, uh, of what I'm trying to teach. So I really, it's, it's something that's really important to me as part of showing my transparency of, of, of my practice and what I'm doing to be able to share with you uh, my own personal investment decisions on that. So today I'm going to walk you through some of the decisions I made, uh, I've made over the past month. Um, we just finished off the summer and usually the way it usually goes is when we start getting into the fall, we start getting into September, October. That's things start kind of ramping up in the markets a little bit. Summer is usually a pretty sedate time of year. People go off on vacation and just the trading volumes and just the activity around the markets tends to be a little bit more sedate, but not this year. Um, you know, we're, we're living in a Mad King world and, you know, at one point a lot of the craziness that we would be seeing would be crazy, but now it's, I feel like we've almost normalized that kind of thing. Like, you know, look at what happened in the summer. We had um, all kinds of roller coaster, roller coaster kind of mentalities going on. We had trade trash talking, constant flip flops on, you know, interest rates and directions of interest rates and trade negotiations and Brexit and all. You know, pick your pick something. 
Um, you know, we, we saw, you know, threats to delist companies from stock exchanges. Um, it's, it was, it's just crazy. And I think what the key takeaway here is, you know, and I've, I've said this repeatedly, I've said this in previous episodes, is if you're a business out there and you're a company, or forget it, if you're just an individual, like, uh, mom and pop shop, or if you're a Fortune 500 company, and you're trying to make decisions on how you want to invest into your business and how you want to grow your business and and where you want to put your capital to work. Like, how do you do that when you are dealing with an incredibly volatile, uncertain, unstable dynamic? The, the easy answer is you take all your marbles and you go hide somewhere and you wait for this to all kind of blow over. That's the easy approach, and I think a lot of that is out there. People are just very hesitant to make decisions, and I can't blame them. Um, I'm in the same boat. You know, as somebody who invests in stocks, I buy stocks and ETFs, and, and that's a big portion of what I do and what I teach. Uh, it's hard to tell people to make decisions, and I think one of the things I've that's been a real help to me is is having the playbook and keeping having that bit of an anchor to resort to to refer to during these crazy times uh, because at the end of the day like, we, we only have a finite amount of time to be putting our money to work to growing our savings and to kind of just sort of take time outs um, for long periods of time to wait for things to kind of get better is we, we just can't afford to do that we have to be constantly engaging in the markets we have to be engaged in making investment decisions and the one thing I've definitely learned over the past, you know, I've definitely learned this one over the last few years is it's just the critical element of having a playbook, having a strategy, and really checking in with that strategy. And then once you're checking, just to kind of make sure you know what it is, and then executing, not just sitting around and waiting for something to happen, like, like waiting for things to blow over, constantly be diligent to look out for those opportunities and take advantage of them regardless of what the noise and the garbage that's going on around you. Because there are still investment opportunities out there. You just have to define your ideology and execute uh, alongside it. So despite all the chaos that was going on, I was, making, I was still making investment decisions. And you can see if you looked at my previous episodes, last few episodes where I talk about decisions I made over summer, I made a lot of decisions. And I continue to do that in, into, uh, into September. Um, so I'm essentially going to just walk you through those decisions that I made and give you a little bit of my take and some of my thought process that went into them. So let's just jump right in. The first decision that I made was I decided to buy more shares in the iShares Pharmaceuticals ETF, ticker symbol XPH. Despite all the chaos that's been going in the market, stock prices keep going up. And, but one area where stock prices have not been going up has been in the healthcare sector, pharma stocks. They've pretty much lagged a lot of the, the growth that we've seen in the markets this past year. And I think a lot of it has to do with a lot of the trash talking and rhetoric that's going on in the US about free healthcare, universal healthcare, a lot of threats by the Mad King to rein in drug pricing. I think it's cast a little bit of a cloud over, over drug stocks. And the reality is, if you get over that, these are companies that are selling very high margin products and are generating a lot of free cash flow through it and demand for drugs and pharmaceuticals and stuff like that is not going away. 
but the stock prices have pretty much been treading water. And so when I kind of look at it from that perspective, I thought, especially looking at the shares of the of the ETF, I thought, you know what, this might be an opportunity to buy buy a few buy a few more shares, average down my cost base. And so that's what I ended up doing. And I'm doing it really with a with a pretty firm understanding that given the backdrop and the what's going on in the environment, that you know what, pharma stocks and healthcare stocks might continue to be dragging their feet. And it it wouldn't surprise me that we might have to go into like the next election, the 2020 election, until we get some clarity on that to find out, you know, these, this, this ETF and this sector may not do a hell of a lot between now and then. So, but I'm okay with it because I'm not buying it just to flip it tomorrow. I'm buying it because I think there's a long-term value to be gained from it. So that was my first decision. I bought some more shares of uh, my uh, shares Pharmaceuticals ETF. Next decision I made was a new one. I decided to add new buy shares. It was a new position. I buy shares in Shopify, ticker symbol SHOP, shop. This was a very, to me, this is a bit of a stretch move in the sense that the stock is extremely volatile. This is a stock that's trading about $550 a share when I, at one point this year. I started to look at it when it was around 450. Stocks really kind of dragged down, but it's been kind of the it stock over the last couple of years. The stocks just shot up from like nothing to almost $500 a share. Um, when I f my perception of Shopify was very small <laughs> in the sense that I thought Shopify was just another e-commerce company that just e-commerce retail company that just kind of was mimicking the Amazon model, kind of an Amazon wannabe kind of thing. Uh, but as I kind of dived into it a little bit, uh, I realized how completely wrong I was. Um, to me, this is kind of almost like the anti-Amazon. They're actually positioning themselves to be uh, more of a competitor to Amazon, not really uh, an offering. Well, essentially, what they are, they're a software company that essentially sells um, the whole sales supply sales channel um, supply channel to companies. So if you're a company and you want to sell a product, you would go to a Shopify to leverage their e-commerce platform, and you'd sell your goods through Shopify. And the cool thing with Shopify is, when you sell your stuff, you're selling it as your own company. When you go sell stuff with Amazon, like Amazon has a marketplace, but when you sell something through Amazon, it's really the package you get says Amazon. Through Shopify, and the problem with that is that it, it, you don't, it's hard for you to develop your brand as an individual company, a business, if you got Amazon you know, stapled all over the place. Um, Shopify has taken a different approach, saying, you know what, you brand your company, you put your company's name front, we're not gonna even bother advertising our company. We just want you to use our software, our platform, our online platform. We'll help you sell your goods, but you are still the face of the company. So it's just really a different approach to it, and it really interesting me, and the more I read about it, and um, the more I got really intrigued with it, and so I ended up doing a bit of a deep dive into the stock, and I put together, um, a video and a podcast, a separate podcast on my decision to buy Shopify, which you can check out uh, on my website, sageinvestors.ca. Um, and I, I ended up doing I ended up buying it, really taking a very small position in it. It's an extremely speculative move because this is a company that doesn't make money right now, but it's growing. It's got it's got a you know for all about the growth thing. This company has got it in spades. Um, in terms of customer base, in terms of uh, the capitalization of the business, it's, it's all there. Um, 
So I invite you to check. I'm not going to get too much into my analysis. I, that's why I devoted an entire uh, separate podcast episode towards my analysis of Shopify. So you can check that out on my uh, website and through Apple Podcasts. Uh, but I'm just going to share with you a couple of things that really, and this is highlighted by Scott Galloway, who I think is one of the best, interesting, second-level thinkers out there. Uh, and this was his take on, on Amazon, on Shopify, and especially as it's sort of almost like a, an antidote to Amazon. He says, quote, the tech giant Amazon uses its data to promote its own private label brands and essentially owns the consumer relationship. Therefore, Amazon makes it easy to sell products, but incredibly different, difficult to establish a brand or sustainable business. Shopify, on the other hand, doesn't operate its own marketplace, so it has no private label brands and really is a platform as, as opposed to a competitor. Shopify has an opportunity to be the protein to Amazon's virus and serve as a true partner to e-commerce firms. So that to me is a very interesting value proposition. And I think that's really what got me into the stock. And when I dived a little bit more in terms of how they, how they do things, um, I got really intrigued. I thought this would be a really interesting speculative play. The fact that the stock was you know, trading the 500s, was now trading the 450s, uh, and so at one point got down to the low 400s. Um, I thought it'd be an interesting place to put to, to, as a speculative play. So I put a little bit of money into Shopify. Um, so let's see what happens. So that was my decision to buy Shopify. As I said, I have a podcast and a, and a mind map video that I did on it that I, I go into a much more deeper dive into it, um, applying a lot of the, the framework that I teach in my uh, Everyday Investing course. So I definitely invite you to check that out. Um, my next decisions were a couple of decisions. I decided to sell uh, part of my position in Goldman Sachs, ticker symbol GS, and I sold it for an 18.5% gain. That's net of four exchange. And I also stole my entire position in, my, in the iShares US Financials ETF, ticker symbol XLF, for a 10.1% gain. This was an interesting decision I had to face. And I, really what it comes down to was, at one point I was up almost 20% on Goldman Sachs and I had a decision to make. Do I sell it all? And that's because I have an, a threshold strategy where if a stock crosses a 20% return, I kind of make a decision whether I want to sell it and bank the profit or keep holding it. It's a, it's a decision point. I made a decision to sell part of it, partly because of valuation. I bought the stock originally in the low 160s. The stock was almost at 200, 210. And so from that perspective, I like it. But even though really there's no reason why the stock can go to 250. But I sold it because I'm looking at what's going on right now. And the fact of the matter is we're living in a world where we're going to have a point in time where pretty much every place on the planet is going to have negative interest rates. We're getting into a negative interest rate world. Uh, in the American financials, it hasn't happened yet. But over the summer, like the yield curve inverted, we are seeing interest rates continuing to go lower and lower, and now we got a central bank, Federal Reserve, basically, basically just telling us that interest rates are going down. They're going to be printing more money, do more quantitative easing. You got a mad king who's pounding the table for lower interest rates. We seem to be heading towards a negative interest rate world, and ultimately, if we go there, that's not good for U.S. banks. It's just very hard to make 
meaningful money. And so when I looked at that, that to me was my trigger point where I said, you know what, I've banked some nice profit here on these companies and on this ETF. I think I'm happy to sell and I'll bank my profit. I, I decided to sell only part of my position because just kind of hedge myself and saying, you know what, maybe it'll just keep going up. I'd like to maybe, if it does, I'd like to participate in that. So I sold half my position in Goldman Sachs and I sold my entire position in the iShares, uh, in the XLF. That was another decision. The next decision I made was uh, I decided to add another stock to my portfolio and this time I decided to buy shares in FedEx, ticker symbol FEDX. FedEx, we all know, the overnight logistics career transport. Um, I guess what got me interested into it is was really much of contrarian play. We're in a situation now where all the economic data points are pointing toward a slowdown in global growth. Um, as I said, negative uh, inverted yield curves have been are now in play. Um, and usually one of the first places where you'll start to see kind of the canary in the coal mine are in the transportation sector, in the courier shipping, if, if, the, if people are definitely not doing as much commerce, not, not as much trade, then you know what, that, then companies like FedEx shouldn't be shipping as much goods out there. This is a stock that was trading at about $250 about a year ago, it was now trading in the 150s. It's been signaling a lot about slower growth in the economy from what it's seeing. Despite this, this is a company that's still creating tangible wealth. It's creating solid economic profit. And so one of the things I like to look for is companies that are in low phases of their cycle, of their business cycle, that continue to demonstrate that they're creating wealth. To me, FedEx fits that, uh, that, that formula. Stock's been taking a hit for a lot of reasons. The economic growth perspective, trades, trash talking. Um, they recently cut their contract with Amazon, and that got people freaked out even though Amazon's business represents only 6% of revenues. It's not a big, they can make it up with, in petty cash. And they're getting kind of trolled and bullied by China. China's not happy with FedEx, and so they're getting a lot of bad press out there. So that's kind of taken the stock down quite a bit. But the fact of the matter is, despite all this, is the company creating tangible wealth. And so, um, when I put all, to, all that together, I thought this may be a good, you know, the classic, when do you buy stocks? Buy low, sell high. So to me, FedEx looks like in that kind of buy low mentality zone right now. And so I thought this is a good time for me to buy it. As I said, I've, I've, uh, I'm not going to get too deep on it. I, as I said, I've done a, actually another video in a podcast uh, involving my, a little bit of a deep dive into FedEx. So again, I invite you to check that out uh, on my website and through Apple Podcasts. Uh, I said I have a video and where I just patiently scratch out how I made my decision to buy, buy FedEx. What else? Um, I also decided to buy some more shares in Square, ticker symbol SQ. Um, the stock had a bit of a tumble in September. It went below $60. It went down almost $57. Really no material change in the business. Um, as I said, I opened up a very small position, a very speculative position. In, in Square, and with the stock down in the 57 range, I thought, okay, it's a good opportunity to buy a couple more shares and lower my cost base, which is now about $60. Um, so really just purely just an averaging down of the position. Nothing really fundamentally changed with the company um, with that one. And finally, my final decision was uh, I decided to buy more shares of Amazon, 
ticker symbol AMZN. Um, you know, I talked already about Shopify and how it's being the anti-Amazon. Well, I've, you know, at the same time, I'm, I own Amazon, so I've got both sides of that, um, that battle there. During the month, shares fell below $1,700 during the month. And again, there's more and more rumblings you're hearing about regulars getting involved in trying to strip companies, a lot of these tech companies, some of these fang companies, um, strip them down. And again, I, as I've shared before in the past, uh, my motivation for buying Amazon was not so much about um, value creation, but it's in terms of, I believe, as more, I bought it more as an asset play because if it does come to the point where they get asked to s split up the company, I think the parts of the company, the AWSs, are worth quite a lot more than the way the company is, is structured together. So I bought some more shares, took my cost base. I went from $1930, $1930 to $1,827 a share. So that was my cost base as a result of me buying some more shares of Amazon. And if it were to fall, continue to fall, um, I'd be happy to buy a little bit more, nibble a little bit more, and, and, and whittle away at my costs uh, associated with it. So despite all the stuff that's been going on, that's all the decisions I made. So despite all the stuff that's been going on in the markets, I kept, I've been keeping, trying to keep focused on executing my investing ideology. Looking, my investing ideology is buying great companies, well-run, well-managed businesses that generate tangible economic profit and buy them when they're on, on, buy them when they're on sale. And so during the month, I saw some of these stocks um, that I own and some of the stocks that I haven't owned come into play and kind of fitting my ideology. And despite all the craziness that's going on, slowdowns, trash talk, trade trash talking, negative inverted yield curves, um, I kept executing it and I keep trying to stay true to it and not let the emotions and the noise out there get in the way with it. And that's all you can do, wash, rinse and repeat. Stay true to your investing ideology. So if you don't have an investing playbook or don't have a plan when you're making decisions about how you're buying and selling stocks or ETFs, you need to do it. I, just, I can't emphasize it enough. If you have a financial planner or a broker, you know, work with them. See if they can do that for you or come out with yourself. As I said, I am an investment coach. I teach people how to make, I help people develop their investing competencies. One way you do that is having a playbook, having a plan, having a framework for how you make decisions. I help people develop their own playbooks. So if you're interested, you can give me a shout uh, through my website. Be happy to talk to you, help you to help you out. So that's all I got for you this week. Those are my uh, decisions that I have most recent investment decisions. If you have any questions about these, you can hit me through my website, sageinvestors.ca. You can hit me through Twitter. My handle is at Sage Investors. I'm on there all the time offering my takes, sharing other people's takes. Um, and I'm tweeting out my investment decisions in real time. You can use the hashtag trade2019. Uh, I'm on Facebook. I have a Facebook page. My handle is uh, just do a search for Sage Investors. Uh, as I said, I also uh, publish a weekly newsletter. I call it In The Loop, an email newsletter where I share uh, updated content that I'm posting on my site, as well as sharing with you um, other people's really cool content and insights and perspectives and reports and analysis that I find interesting and really that I use personally to help frame my decisions. Um, if you're interested in you know piggybacking off some of the stuff I'm finding out there, 
just go to my website, sageinvestors.ca, and you can subscribe, just drop your email, and boom, you're on the list. I usually send it out every Wednesday morning and Wednesday afternoon and Wednesday evening. So that's all I got for you this week. Thanks very much for listening in. This has been another episode of Stock Talk. My name is Amon Reina of Sage Investors, and we'll catch you again another time. Take care. Bye-bye.